Shabbos Perkhav Base, Mishnah Aleph 22.1. This Mishnah has three separate topics. Uh, the first part is talking about when a barrel of wine or something similar breaks, what one can do to recover the wine from being lost on Shabbos. Then it goes on to talk about not just barrels of wine leaking, but fruit leaking their juices and the status of that juice. And then finally we'll talk about the honey that oozes from honeycomb. Okay, so first let's talk about the Chavis Shenishbara, the wine jug, barrel, amphora, whatever it is, that broke. So this Mishnah really is very similar to the Mishnayas and the principles that govern the Mishnayas back in the 16th parak, where we had a fire breaking out, and we were restricting how much food a person could save from a, a structure on fire, because we were concerned that out of his, in his panic, he will come to forget that there are various restrictions on Shabbos, and come to Machal Shabbos in rescuing his belongings, including his food. So similarly here, we're concerned if a person has a big jug of wine, um, like a barrel, now that was a lot of work and worth a lot of money. So we're concerned again that he'll panic at the economic loss, and he'll perhaps come to either bring utensils from beyond where it's permitted to carry those utensils in his panic to catch this leak, stop the, you know, catch the fluid before it leaks out, um, or there could be an issue of him repairing the barrel on Shabbos, which be separately forbidden. And that being the case, we are going to restrict him. And the restrictions will be very similar to the restrictions we had back in the 16th parak, which was, Matzilin heimena mazon shalosh seudos. He's permitted to save enough, if it's wine, then enough wine, just for the three meals of Shabbos. And this is just like the Mishnah's back there, which is, this is assuming that he has three meals to go. So he hasn't made Kiddush on Friday night. He'll need... Um, he'll need wine for Leil Shabbos as well as Shabbos Day and Shal Shittas, and therefore he can save three meals. But if hypothetically this happened, this burst or break or leak appeared on Shabbos morning and he has two meals to go, then the halach would be he could save just two meals worth. Um, if you recall back also in the 16th parak, we said that while that's true, if he brings a single, um, if we had there, we had, let's say he was saving instead of three meals worth of food, let's say he had one big fig cake, Igula Devela, and that Devela had, you know, 10 meals worth of figs, he'd be allowed to save that one big fig cake, because just one thing all at once. So similarly here, although he can save just three meals worth of wine, if he has one big jug, and the jug can contain 10, you know, meals worth of wine, that would be permitted. Our concern again is that he's going to go and fetch for other containers and carry them through the Shusarab, etc. Okay, now, Beyond that, he can say to his neighbors and other people, Come yourselves and save wine for yourselves. You can have your own wine here. And again, like the previous Mishnahis back in the 16th parak, this means they could keep it for themselves, or if they're really um, doing the right thing, they would give the wine back to the person who lost it, the rightful owner. Um, not make you know, not but that would be the right thing to do. And they would be permitted, like we said back there in the 16th parak, to charge him for their time. Um, and the truth is, if they want to go to Lefnimish or Sadeh beyond the letter of the law, they could give him back his wine altogether. Okay? Now, Ubalvad Shalayisfog, the requirement here is we do not let anybody, neither the owner nor people, other people coming to catch the wine and save it, um, use a sponge to absorb up the wine. And the reason why is because, as we said in the end of the previous parak, the last Mishnah, um, there's a problem of using a potential problem of using a sfog, a sponge on Shabbos, that you could squeeze it with your fingers and that would be 
you're being sochet, you're squeezing out, which would be forbidden. And even if you have a sponge that has a handle, where we said it could be used, um, here we don't let it be used because simply absorbing all this wine that's spilling with a sponge would be at least uvdu dechol, a weekday activity, or resembling weekday activity that would be forbidden because it's a lot of work. Okay, so therefore you can't use a sponge to save it. Now, that's the first part of the mission. Now the mission is going to go on now to a new topic, really. This is the topic of... Um, squeezing or juicing fruit or juices that ooze from fruit. So, first of all, the midoraisa, the issue is, the malacha is disha. Dash is, um, disha is threshing. That is, you take the wheat that's inside the chaff, you put it on the floor, and you end up using, like a, with a, a, like a threshing sled, you'll separate, um, you'll kind of grind over or like rub together the kernels such that um, the edible kernel of wheat is separated and detached from the husk that it's encased in on the stalk of grain. So you haven't separated the two. They're still commingled, but the edible part of wheat is detached from its moorings where it's anchored in to the container on which it grew. So that's dash threshing. A tolda of dash is mefarik. Mefarik is um, the the detaching of, of like a liquid of a juice from its moorings inside the fruit. So when you're squeezing out a juice, um, let's say you know you take an orange or uh, for that matter, you take a grape um, or olive and you squeeze the olive or the grape. So you've got the juice coming out, which was sort of embedded in the fruit. And when it's been released from where it's entrapped and encased, so that would be mifarek, you're detaching it. And that is a told of dash, it's an isra Now when it comes to juicing fruits, there really are three levels, Okay. Mido Arisa, the Isra would apply to specifically olives and grapes only. Just those two fruits. Those are the fruits, says Rashi, where they're normally harvested specifically and cultivated for producing wine and oil. Um, and that's worth more than the olives and the grapes themselves. So they're more important. And that being the case, that's the only place we have the Doraisa. That's Rashi's approach. The Ran, interestingly, says... Only those two liquids, fruit juices of wine and oil, have the halachic status of a mashke. Remember those Zion mashkim, those seven liquids that have special status in halacha. Yad shachat dam is the mnemonic for those. So two of the seven yad shachat dam liquids, mashkin, are olive oil and wine. And those are special. And again, that's why you have this or the rice over here um, of juicing these two fruits. That's midoraisa. But midorabanan Tutum and Ramonim is what the Mishnah, the Gemara uses. Um, tutum are berries, and Ramonim are pomegranates. So those, it was normal in the eyes of the Mishnah for people who had excess pomegranates or berries, more than they were going to eat, to juice those fruits. So since it's normal to juice those fruits, sometimes, if you, you know, many people do if you have extra, um, although not the primary use, so then at least it's Aser Medura Banan. And the Ramah, the will extend this to mean any fruits that people in general are known to juice, they'd be included in the Isra Durabanan. So apples today, for example, or oranges today, um, squeezing those apples would be an Isra Durabanan because they're in the same halachic status of Tutan and Ramonim. Any fruit which is not normally juiced by any normal person in any side that we're aware of, um, those are going to be mutter to squeeze even on Shabbos. Okay, um, there's no isotaris of that at all, and there's no isotaris because it's not normal. So that means, let's say, melons. If you're going to 
get melon juice out of a melon, there's no problem um, on Shabbos at all. Okay, we let that happen altogether. So that's squeezing. Now, what happens if you did the squeezing before Shabbos? How would that work? So you may recall, let's say, for example, when you're extracting, um, we discussed in the first parak of uh, the Masechta, we had that discussion with Shvitzas Kelim, if you can let your utensil do work for you on Shabbos, over there. So we said, for example, can you um, grind up the olives into that paste and put them on those plates in the, in the press and let them drip out over the course of Shabbos? That's how it worked. After you pressed your fruit, you would grind it up. That's called the risuk. They're nisrasek. They're ground up and made like a pulp. And then the liquid oozes out of that pulp by itself. Um, so that could happen passively on Shabbos. The question is, if juice comes out by itself on Shabbos, you didn't squeeze it on Shabbos, is that juice permitted? So again, it kind of the answer to that question follows the same trichotomy. You've got olive oil and um, grape juice. Those are going to be forbidden under all circumstances, even if they ooze out by themselves um, on Shabbos. Now, then you'll have your Isser de Rabbanan of Less, again, lest you come to lest you come to squeeze it on purpose. You know, have Issa of Tutan Ramonum, and then of course you'll have um, no problem when it comes to fruits you could squeeze right, like the melon. Our Mish is now going to have a discussion, a machlokus, regarding what happens if you have fruit that you did not intend to squeeze, um, but juice came out of it. This was fruit you were going to eat, but now you have juice that oozed out. Can you? drink that juice on Shabbos if it oozed out on Shabbos itself. So the Mishnah is going to say, first the basic din, you're not allowed to squeeze fruits on Shabbos to extract their juices. Again, Medoraisa, it's olives and grapes, Medorban, anything that's, that's juiced. If the juice oozed out by itself, it's still a sur and it's still forbidden. Again, we're talking about Tanakami here, would mean we're talking about about the olives and the grapes, as well as the tutan ramonum. They're all juices are forbidden. They came out by themselves because we're afraid people will come to squeeze them on Shabbos. Rabbi Yehuda Omer. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees, and he disagrees on the case of tutan ramonum. If you have tutan ramonum that you were planning on eating, not juicing, and they happen to leak juice, he'll be lenient. Again, that's what he says inside. If the intention of these fruits were dafka to eat them, you're going to eat this, these berries, but you stack them too high now that you've got a bunch of berry juice that came out. The stuff that comes out automatically by themselves, it's mutter to drink on Shabbos. However, if you were intending to juice these tutin or ramonim, so then then even what comes out is forbidden lest one come to actually intentionally uh Squeeze them on Shabbos. Okay. Halach Lamaisa, I'll come back because we have one. We're, we're lenient with this, but it's more lenient even than the halach is like Rabbi Huda that if it leaks out from Tutan or Ramonim, um, then it will be um, permitted, if, assuming they weren't there for eating. They were there, assuming they weren't there for juice and they were there for eating. Um, and even more lenient, I'll say at the end a little more than that. But the last part of the Mishnah here talks now about honeycomb and the honey that oozes from the honeycomb. So, just so you should know, bees have a hive, honeybees, and inside the honey, the beehive, they make these beautiful combs, honeycombs. I'm sure you've seen a picture of it. At least, it's like made out of wax, and it it's got these hexagonal compartments where the honey is stored. Now, to remove 
honeycomb from a beehive on Shabbos is forbidden, midrabanan, um, because there's a the Dorai says you're not allowed to harvest things that are attached to the ground. That's kotzer, but anything detaching anything that's attached to the ground that's growing there is an iser Doraisa. Now honeycomb, of course, isn't really growing there, but it resembles something which grew from the ground. Therefore, it's aser midrabanan. But if you take the honeycomb out before Shabbos, detaching it, so then you'll have this beautiful honeycomb with like the embedded honey. If you want to get the honey out, you'll have to do resick. You'll have to grind up the honeycomb, and then the honey will ooze out and drip. Okay? So that kind of resembles this same issue of the leaking of mashkin shazovu, liquid which ooze out of fruit. The question is, does that same kind of set of rules apply to honeycomb? When it comes to honeycomb, what you're going to have to do is you have to grind it up, and then it will ooze up by itself. You can squeeze it further to make it go faster. Um, so the question is, if you grind it up before and it leaks out by itself, what's the status? Again, of course, honey is all there for for drinking, um, but this was done before by doing the resook ahead of time on Friday afternoon. It's just a matter of time to let gravity do its thing. So the Mishnah says, Chalos Devash, if you have honeycomb, Shariskan Me'erb Shabbos, that already were... Um, it ground up from before Shabbos. So that being the case, if that weren't the case, then you would have the Isra or Rabbana, whatever it was out, just like Mashkin Shazovu, just like Tutin and Ramonim. But a year, you did the Risik beforehand, so now it's a matter of time that it oozes out. V'yatsuma Atzman, and now if the honey oozes out by itself, without further you know, pressure applying, being applied to the honeycomb, then still Asurim. It's still forbidden, because according to the Tanakama, it resembles Tutin and Ramonim, where certain people will squeeze it, and therefore it's forbidden. Rabbi Eliezer Mater, Rabbi Eliezer is Makel, and he holds, since it already was ground up from before Shabbos, you're not doing anything, and we're not going to make such a gzera that you're going to come to squeeze it on Shabbos, and therefore he says what oozes out by itself after the resuk, which is done on Friday afternoon, after the grinding up is done on Friday afternoon, so then it'll be mutter. The halacha is like Rabbi Eliezer, that honey that oozes out, if you ground the honeycomb before Shabbos, is permitted, but not only that, Rabbi Eliezer also holds that even when it comes to things that are Asr Medoraisa, meaning the olives and the grapes, if you did the Risuk before Shabbos and just ooze out by itself, just like that Mishnah back in the first parak of Shabbos where we let the base hill let the oil ooze out by itself. So if it oozes out by itself, that oil was coming in anyways, and therefore that oil is permitted, and the grape juice similarly would be permitted. And Rabbi Eliezer is there also, and the Lacha follows Rabbi Eliezer there as well, meaning if you did the Risuk and you made into pulp before Shabbos, so then whatever oozes out on Shabbos is permitted, even with the stuff which be asr medoraisa to squeeze, because we're not concerned you'd come to squeeze it on Shabbos since you did the pressing before Shabbos came in.